Welcome back to Movies on My Mind. I'm Rosie and today the film I'm going to be talking about is Elf 2003, directed by Jon Favreau. Kicking off Christmas season, I've waited until now to do Elf. I probably should have started last week but I, I kind of didn't which is not good at all but anyway she's here now and <laughs> we're gonna be talking about elf and we're gonna be talking about christmas films in general because on movies on my mind i love to talk about films as you know and i also think that it should be relevant and seasonal so <laughs> we're gonna be talking about elf today i'm gonna let you into a bit of a secret here i'm not really the best christmas lover in the world and i don't know why I used to be, but I'm not so much anymore. Oops. Oh no. Sad times. It's not that I don't like Christmas and I don't appreciate Christmas. It's just, it just, yeah. It it doesn't do it for me all the time. And, but anyway, I'm still going to be doing Christmas films here, obviously. And there are Christmas films I really enjoy. I really love it when it gets to Christmas and you bring out the same, like, four films that you always watch. And it's like, it's designated rewatch time. I really appreciate that. Because another thing I really love on here as well is re-watching films. I feel like when you first watch a film, it's like, okay, cool, cool, I've seen that film now. And then when you re-watch it, it can be at a different time in your life. It can be, especially with Christmas, it's like a year in between. So like everything could have changed and then you re-watch it and you're like, oh my God, I either hate this movie now or it's actually better than I remembered. So that is the kind of energy... I like about the rewatching Christmas films. And the first one that you voted for, put up against um, Polar Express, I was hoping that people were going to choose Elf. No offence to Polar Express, but it is a little bit scary <laughs> in terms of like the children look like droids and it doesn't look real. And everyone's played by Tom Hanks just kind of frightens me a little bit. I mean, I can still, I still respect it, of course. And I used to like watching that when I was younger, but not today, because I'm going to be talking about Elf. So when I sat down to watch it and I was like, right, I'm going to sit down right now and watch Elf. Like, how random is that? Like, I actually thought about this. I was going to write some points about it. I was going to try and analyse little bits of this film, just deciding I'm going to sit down and, you know, watch a little bit of Elf. So I did, for you, of course. And I didn't really have too much to say because it was weird having to sit down at a film that I don't normally have to think about anything whilst I'm watching it. But I just put some pens down there. They must have made a noise. But uh, yeah. So starting off, this is directed by Jon Favreau. He, he's the guy who is a big producer for like Disney, Marvel, that kind of thing. And he's the guy who plays Happy Hogan in the like Marvel Iron Man Spider-Man films. And he was also Monica's rich boyfriend from Friends. And he's actually in this. He is the doctor that Buddy goes to see. Which is so mad. Honestly, like, who comes up with this? <laughs> who comes up with this idea? But I actually think it it stands today. This is what I don't that I love about this film. Is that I feel even at the time it's more appreciated now. We're talking about relevance of this film here. The supermarket Asda this year has released a Christmas advert that has clips from this film like overlaid onto their advert. <laughs> so it's still very relevant and I think it's one of those films that people just will keep watching because 
And I feel like the humour as well is strange because I think even at the time, I don't think it was as funny as it is now because I was watching it and I was like, oh my God, this is fucking ridiculous. But actually kind of funny. And don't, don't shoot me, but I think it, I think this is funny. I was laughing at it, but I was laughing at the sheer ridiculousness of it. So a weird kind of objective humour. That's what I like about this film. It doesn't take itself seriously and there's kind of an objectivity to everything. So you're just like, you you take a step back and you're like, what the hell am I watching? I'm watching Will Ferrell run around in an elf costume doing ridiculous things I would never even dream of. That is funny, you know? So it's that kind of vibe. Very strange. Okay, let me go into what actually happens in this film. If you've not seen it, obviously go and see it because it's literally like one of the most famous Christmas films ever. So if you've not, where have you been? So the elf kind of thing. We have an elf. No, let's start. We have enough. That's not a good starting place. Right, okay, let me actually think about this. So taking a deep breath. So we start with the origin story of our guy, Buddy, who's played by Will Ferrell, of course. Now the story is he was like an, at an orphanage. So he's put up for adoption as a baby. And then one day when Santa Claus comes to visit the kids and bring them their presents, Buddy decides to like go inside the sack and like sneak in there. So he sneaks in there and then Santa Claus just picks it up, not knowing there's a baby inside and takes it home. And then he's like, oh my God, there's a there's a baby in my, in, the, in my sack. There's a baby in my sack. He's like, you know what? I'm not gonna return this child because I don't know where it came from. So instead I'm gonna raise it but I'm not gonna raise it myself. No, Santa Claus passes it down to head elf, Papa Elf, like Papa Smurf, but Papa Elf. And he raises Buddy, but he's raised as an elf. So the elves are kind of like shorter people, like kind of miniature versions of people. They wear funny elf costumes and they work all day. Like how sad is that? And the only thing they look forward to in a whole year is Christmas. Anyway, but the elves are happy and jolly and having a good time, but it's a toxic work environment, you see, because, you know, Buddy the elf isn't an elf. He's a human, but has to live with the elves and his community of people around him. They're elves, they're real elves. And he's been gaslit his entire life thinking he's an elf when he is like double the size of them. And they're like, oh no, he's just, he's just tall. He just has some tall genes. Oh my God, I've never seen a tall elf before. He's just special. And yeah, he, he is kind of gaslit and it's like, no, 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 you are an elf. You're just a really tall elf. One day he's like, I'm not an elf, am I? You know, I guess too, too crazy for it to be true anymore. And there, you know, there's a bit of gossip going around about him. He doesn't appreciate that. So he's had enough. And he's like, I'm not an elf. I'm going to go and find my real family, my real family who are people. So, but he's like, right, I'm off. I'm going. I'm going to go to find people. And Santa Claus is like, okay, yeah, sure. You can just leave whenever you want. And he gives him like a picture that has his dad on it and his mother. And he was like, Oh, these were the people, they, they're your mum and dad, but your mum's dead, so it's just your dad. And he was like, okay, all right, yeah, I'm going to find my dad <laughs> and he's going to love me as soon as I see him. And he's like, yeah, of course, of course, but he, he lives in New York City, right? And he's like, have you ever been there? No, no, no. Buddy the Elf has not been to New York City and he's like, okay, cool. So he gets on an iceberg, a little breakaway iceberg, and he travels all the way to New York City 
why am I saying it in American accent? I'm so sorry. I embarrass myself every single week on this podcast. So you guys are incredibly lucky to hear me do this because I don't do this in a public setting, which is ironic. Anyway, (laughs) he gets to New York City and he just causes havoc, basically. He's so chaotic because he thinks he's an elf still. Well, he is an elf. It's plastered into his identity because he's wearing an elf costume and he runs around doing ridiculous stuff that people are normally too scared to do and then he ends up like going to see his dad who works at the empire state building <laughs> who who does like they kind of like publish children's books that kind of thing which again is ironic because he really hates like christmas and fun whereas buddy is like christmas and fun in a person and he's like oh my god, you're my dad. And he's like, um, who are you? (laughs) So he doesn't believe him at first. So then Buddy stumbles across the toy shop gimbals and he decides that he's gonna transform gimbals' uh, visual merchandising. You know, he puts like snowflakes everywhere and builds Lego sets and stuff for them for no reason. And he sleeps there too because he has no home. And people think he's a real life person, which I think is so funny because he's just, he's an, he thinks he's an elf. Like, even if he's got the elf costume on, they're like, nah, it's just a guy dressed up as an elf, which I think is funny because it's just stupid. Yeah, and there's a girl working there called Zoe Deschanel. No, not her. She's played by her. She's called Jovi and she works there and is kind of a bit fascinated by Buddy because he's really nice and he sees her and he's oh my god I'm in love with this girl. Buddy has a other brother who is basically Buddy's dad Walter. Walter Hobbs. Is that real? Have I made that name up? I have to put it in if it's made up but Walter Hobbs his wife called Emily. They have a son called Michael uh, and he's like a kid and so anyway, it gets found out that he is actually Walt Hobbs' son. And he's like, okay, yeah, but I still hate you because you're so weird. And he lives with them for a bit. And he just does loads of crazy stuff. And it's just really funny because no one would ever do that in real life. Which is ironic because he's just doing stuff that would be... It's funny because the stuff that he's doing is not stuff that's illegal if that makes sense. It's like stuff that we would all be too embarrassed to do. And and that's another reason why I like this film because it's just like, so it just makes everything so much more ridiculous. So it's like, why wouldn't you do this stuff that Buddy's doing? And it's like, because I'd be embarrassed because it's like weird. When it's like, but it's not illegal, so you could. So it's all about that kind of like naive confidence, the kind of optimism. And that's why it's like connected to Christmas, I think as well, because people see that time of year is more optimistic because it's kind of forced optimism, I will say, because it's pretty miserable outside. So, I mean, the only time, the only way to have fun is, you know, kind of kidding yourself into optimism. And that's why this film takes it to 100. But yeah, anyway, so by the end of it, Buddy makes some friends. He's friends with Michael and he also gets to a better relationship with his dad and his dad's wife and it's kind of cute and then disaster strikes because we're forgetting this film actually has a plot which is really interesting because you could totally make this film just be Will Ferrell doing shit and no plot just him doing weird stuff and people would still watch it and it would still kind of be funny but it has a plot as well so we mustn't forget that the hero's journey is not done because Santa Claus who was previously preparing for Christmas the Christmas spirit 
the clothesometer thing on his sleigh because he slays is zero and he crashes can't speak crashes down into central park so oh my god the presents will not be delivered so buddy the elf has to go and help so they try to up the spirit of christmas and jovi as well she sings a little christmas song and makes everyone believe in christmas again and they get the sleigh back on up and running and the presents delivered and christmas is happy and everyone lives happily ever after and that's it oh yeah and there's also a subplot of the book that walter hobbs wants to publish he needs to publish a new children's book because the company's losing out on money and the book that they publish in the end is actually the story of buddy the elf so that's nice too so everyone's happy so I think, to be honest with you, it's a pretty solid Christmas film. And it, it stands, because there's a lot of Christmas films that don't. Like, the ones that have come out in the recent years, I've seen, or I've seen half of, and I'm like, oh, I don't understand any of this. What's going on here? For me, it kind of, what helps with this film, it has the plot. But the plot is kind of the afterthought in the fact of you have all of this craziness going on, which is kind of entertaining in itself. And then you've also got the plot to fall back onto. So when the jokes might not stand or when the jokes fall for anyone, there's always the plot underneath, which makes it like a actual thing. Because I feel like everyone will laugh at this film in different ways. Like people will laugh ironically at this film. People will also laugh genuinely at this film too. And people will laugh at different points in the film because there's bits that are you know, funny, and then there's bits where they're not so funny, and it's kind of the mixture of both. But if there wasn't the plot underneath, people would lose interest and it wouldn't be good. So that's nice that that's there because in recent years, the Christmas films have been slacking and they're kind of made in, in very kind of cookie cutter, like scripted, what's the word? Structured ways. It's boring after a while. So it's nice to have something that's kind of original, more original than other stuff. I've got Gaslight in big capital letters, so that's funny. I've said here as well, I love how dramatic it is. Will Ferrell really overacts in this and I love that because I think it's so hard to, for us to like Buddy and not be annoyed with him. He kind of has like this, you, you want him to win, you know, you want him to be happy, you want people to respect him and like him, but he's doing all this crazy stuff and he's acting in a really silly way. You kind of still have that sympathy with him. All of his actions seem to come from like a well-meaning place, which is really nice. And that really makes his character shine. I think that obviously this film is called Elf. So it is about, it is about Buddy and his journey. So obviously we have that, that's very important. And I think as well, he doesn't completely contrast the other characters in a bad way. I think that it's very difficult to get to maintain a sort of level, if that makes sense. Like, if he was so crazy and different, like, for example, right, okay, this is a really bad example, but, you know, if we're talking like Mr. Bean, he acts like a right idiot, doesn't say a single thing, and sometimes when we see him compared to, like, normal people which he is so often seen it can kind of be a bit annoying because he does the same thing all the time and he's really annoying <laughs> and we can see that he's definitely different from everybody else and it's not always a good thing because it's annoying <laughs> whereas with buddy 
he has like those qualities of yeah he's over he's kind of like childlike in that way which is the whole point but he's childlike in a believable way you can see why he behaves in the way that he behaves which is really important that we have like that weird start where you see the north pole which is an absolute ridiculous place so what i was saying thinking was there's a believability to his childlikeness and we have obviously at the start the north pole wherever santa claus lives is absolutely batshit crazy it is apparently they took a lot of the designs from that old cartoon not cartoon but like stop motion kind of vibe from rudolph the red-nosed reindeer from like 1960s and they could use it because it hadn't been properly copyrighted due to like a little typo thing the north pole is so ridiculous and it has like those designs um of being not real so not even tangible in today's world and it has that kind of vibe to it which is so crazy and so amazing and that is the place where this human man has grown up and thinks he belongs in now it's mad because this place to us is not a feasible thing it's very abstract very ridiculous but then we see him in new york city and he's like it's not crazy the way he acts we're not going oh my god what is this it's so strange we in our like we're led in a really tangible feasible way like we see him in this ridiculous place and we see him transition into the real world and it doesn't it's not ridiculous because i think we're able to empathize with him and obviously with his like beginning in life as well and i think that really helps and then everything kind of calms down and it and it works if if that that's so crazy but it it does work i think that that transition although ridiculous at the start really works I think if we didn't have the North Pole so ridiculous, if we had the North Pole as maybe something more feasible, um, something real, like real snow, real everything, then when he would transition, it wouldn't be, it would be strange and it wouldn't quite make sense because we'd be like, why are you behaving like a child? Whereas this, it's like, well, can you blame him for behaving like that, you know? Because it makes sense, but I appreciate that. Because sometimes when you have contrasting worlds, contrasting characters, contrasting values, sometimes they don't work together really well. They just like fall apart or it's so strange that we, we you're lost. But I didn't feel lost and it just make it's ridiculous, but it makes sense. If your suspension of disbelief gets you as far as the first 20 minutes, then you're going to understand the rest of the film. <laughs> if not, then Lord help you, don't watch it. Yeah, and as well, the contrast really works because it works genuinely in making sense of the story and the character. It works for humour as well. Contrasts within this film are do make it more funny. I find it funny based on the contrasts. You know, like the things that he says and the things that he means, there's like a disconnect between what somebody living in New York City would think and then someone who is from the North Pole, what they're going to think. And that contrast, that kind of like unknowing humor is what makes it funny okay hear me out this is so weird but the north pole sequence at the start especially in the elf huts and like the workshop definitely it gives me ikea vibes so you know when you go to ikea right and you go to ikea and you walk around and they've got like the christmas scenes set up like the the swedish christmas stuff like that like european christmas 
that kind of aesthetic really reminds me of the elves workshop in elf it just makes sense to me but anyway that is a thought i wrote down it's kind of like the wooden the kind of like ikea is quite a simple design place like everything's quite simple it's sophisticated but quite simple and it's not it's kind of cheap as well so you know you're not going to pay for like amazing detailed oriented stuff but like that kind of simplistic christmas really gives me the elf workshop vibe in elf if we go back to talking about will ferrell for a second he does he's able to maintain the energy all the way through which obviously if you were doing a play about the elf about elf and being buddy that would be so hard to do for that long but um no in the film his energy is maintained all the way through and it really works like his overacting is also consistent and that i think makes a likable character too because if you've got a character like this who's a bit crazy a bit like out of the box if they become inconsistent we get kind of get confused because you know we don't know how exactly they're gonna act are we supposed to be scared of them because they're different that kind of thing although that's a bad thing to say but in terms of like a character in a in, in a kind of family film like this in a structured film like this you need to have consistency otherwise you're gonna get bored or the energy is just not gonna compute all the way through but there is a nice overarching energy throughout this film and i i really like that and that's why i like to watch it because it doesn't drop off it kind of ends and it ends on a like it ends in completion in a good way if that makes sense if that makes sense but yeah i really love the elf costumes too talking about contrasts i was just gonna say as well that that as well as the ridiculousness of i can't speak as well as the ridiculousness of the different world the world that buddy comes from and everything he thinks about there's also the ridiculousness of reality and that complete contrast there is what makes this film so objective because we see the world kind of through buddy's eyes we follow him and he's incredibly naive and incredibly childlike but childlike in a way that he can't help but be like that so we sympathize with him and then when we get to this massive city it becomes incredibly ridiculous like the way that people walk around in the street compared to how buddy holds himself and talks to people it's almost as if he's like a different species of person like completely different and seeing that contrast makes you objective and kind of adds the fun to this because it's like well actually i do that every day on my commute to work how ridiculous am i i'm so funny not that (laughs) or it could be like i'm so embarrassed why do i take my life so seriously so i think it plays into that kind of christmas ideal of this kind of feeling at holiday season that being grateful for things uh maybe not taking yourself too seriously and also this kind of joy that this time of year is said to bring in terms of adverts and propaganda (laughs) no we don't we don't live in an authoritarian state yet so sorry about that one but you know we're all taught to be like really happy around this time of year and that kind of ridiculousness is definitely highlighted and that kind of childlike energy is highlighted in this film which i think makes it enjoyable in some ways if that's what you like if that's not what you like then if you're not a funny person you won't like this if you're like really serious and take yourself too seriously definitely not one for you definitely not one for you okay then i want to talk about is there anything about this film i don't like and actually i surprised myself i didn't write any negative things down really 
I think that maybe actually there isn't too much I don't like about this film. I think that obviously the characters are well developed. The ones that matter, obviously. If it's not relevant for the story, then they can just be a 2D object. But anyway, no, that's horrible. You know what I'm like on this podcast. Anyway, sorry about that. I just had a malfunction. But what I was going to say was if there was anything I didn't like about this film. And I don't like how quickly Walter's character does turn into a good guy. It's literally in a split decision that does not go, go... It goes against everything he's ever said. And then he just makes a decision and it's like, chill, okay, cool, you do you. So, yeah. Maybe I don't like how quickly he comes to that conclusion. But obviously it's a good conclusion, but it seems quite chaotic. But actually this film is quite chaotic, so I'll give him it. <laughs> They're allowed that one. Sometimes some of it is like child humour, but then sometimes it's not. But I'm okay with the mixture because obviously this audience... The audience for this film is a family kind of audience, so I'll let them off with that one too. The kind of obsession with sugar triggers me a little bit. I think because this is very American. So in the UK, Christmas is a little bit different in terms of what we eat. Where is his roast Christmas dinner? Where is it? (laughs) Where is his orange? Does he like oranges? But again, this is kind of an all-round kind of film. I think that if you're not like Christian and you don't celebrate Christmas in the same way, if you're Jewish, Hanukkah, then I think this film is also relevant. I think it's kind of abstract to the point where it is kind of for everybody and again that's a nice a nice thing because some films are heavily religious and others aren't and I think that you have to find the balance between the two and what your audience is going to enjoy more and I think being kind of less specific and being more kind of energetic and creating a feeling within your audience is more important than you know like telling them ideas and telling them what to do and how to celebrate things so yeah i think this christmas aesthetic and i'm going to talk about christmas aesthetics in this kind of christmas series that i'm doing i think everybody has a different christmas aesthetic and different films portray different ones so i think your favorite christmas film says a lot about who you are and how you see christmas and your kind of memories of christmas and all that kind of thing and the holidays and what this time of year means to you i think is heavily associated or can be, with what kind of Christmas films you like to watch. Now, for me, I am an all-rounder. I do like to dabble in different kinds of Christmas films and different aesthetics. This is not my personal aesthetic of Christmas film, I will say. This is very American and very kind of big and full of light and also life and kind of ridiculous, childlike, silly, that kind of aesthetic. Kind of normal, because, I mean, it's not an old film either really actually it's nearly 20 years old but in terms of aesthetics it's not crazily different from today my christmas aesthetic and i will be talking about this on my next definitely my next episode my christmas aesthetic is (laughs) very specifically um victorian child poor christmas i don't know what it is i think that i was a dying Victorian child in another life. I don't know what it is. I think I've said this in the Sleepy Hollow podcast or something. When I talked about Sleepy Hollow, I talked about kind of this idea, this weird thing I have. So my aesthetic of Christmas is A Christmas Carol. Like, that is me. Like, that book, 
is me. Like, I have some sort of weird connection to those three ghosts, to Scrooge himself, A Christmas Carol, the London streets covered in snow, the smoke in chimneys, the dark dingy, the dark houses that have no lights but have a fire burning, those little um, gloves that don't have the tops of your fingers, holes, things, it's cut off. Just that. That's my aesthetic of Christmas. Don't know what it says about me, but there you go, that's my aesthetic. Uh, But I think different films have different ones, so this is kind of a more maximalist, big American Christmas, quite similar to Home Alone, but a little bit different. Home Alone's warmer, more family orientated. This one's kind of more of a discovery, so this is kind of like the journey before Home Alone. I think if this film carried on, it would turn into Home Alone, like the aesthetic I'm talking about. This doesn't make any sense. The aesthetic would turn into Home Alone. I feel like they give me the same energy on the different spectrums. Same, sorry, same spectrum, different ends. That's how I see it. There you go. Very strange. But you will be hearing about this, but my aesthetic of Christmas is A Christmas Carol. So next week will be A Muppet Christmas Carol, which is my favourite Christmas Carol, even though that's a fraud because it's an American version of A Christmas Carol, so I'm literally betraying myself with it. But I'll tell you why I really like A Muppet Christmas Carol in the podcast. So find out, stay and find out what that is. But yeah, so I really like Elf, I think, as well. If we talk about Zoe de Chanel for a second here, I like her in this. I think her character is really, there's kind of like a, a warmness to her character. She doesn't say loads of things, she's just kind of there half the time. But, and Michael as well, the kid, I think everyone kind of goes well together. And that again is an important thing, isn't it? But I don't have any issues with that. Some parts of this film I find cringe. Okay, I'm allowed to say that, but it doesn't stop me from enjoying the overall motion picture. If a film is cringe enough to stop me watching, then no. But some films are cringe for me to keep watching and that's okay. So I will not deny this film is cringy in part, and if you like that sort of thing, then that's fine. But if you don't, it's not always cringe, it's actually kind of funny sometimes. So stay for the funny and accept the cringe, and there you go. So it's imperfect, but it is a good film still. I don't know why I made that up and I was talking about that, but that's how I see it. So you can enjoy a film and it still be a little bit cringe. It's allowed, it's don't cry yourself to sleep, it's okay. So that was Elf. I'm stopping it. This is going to be a, a quick episode because I don't really have a lot to say, just that I quite like this Christmas film. And if you like watching it, then it's definitely one to keep on your returning list. Another thing I'm quite interested in, having t- spoken about this, is if you have a kind of list of returning Christmas films, I want to know them, like, because I just like to. I think it's really interesting. So I might put, like, a question on my Instagram, maybe. I don't know. Or, um, TikTok or something. Follow me on Instagram, Movies on My Mind Pod, and also TikTok, same name, all lowercase. And I might put something on there because I think it's really interesting. I think everyone has, well, I do, maybe not everyone, but I have like a list of returning Christmas films that kind of go on loop every year, which is bad because you don't always find new ones to add in. Sometimes you do find new ones to add in and it's amazing because you can just keep watching them. But some are like, they just walk in the door and then they walk out again, but that's okay. That's fine. There'll be something else next year. Or you can just go back to your old favourites. So if you've got a list, maybe four or five films long, maybe longer, of the returning films that you rewatch 
every single Christmas, every time it goes cold outside, then message them me or I'll put it on a story and it reply in the comments. Just let me know. I'm curious to know if people have that because I think it's pretty cool and I think that it's kind of like comfort films but specific to Christmas. So there you go. So this has been a short episode but it's full of quality, quality stuff, of course would never not be on this podcast. But yeah, so follow me on TikTok and Instagram and then next week I will be doing a Muppet Christmas Carol. And then stay tuned as well for reels. I've just said reels. Will I be making any reels? Yes, I will. Yes, I will. TikToks, 100%. I'm making them. Try and vote in the polls for another film. Actually, the polls might have finished by the time this goes out. Interact with the reels, interact with the TikToks. I want to know your opinions. I mean, if you really hate Elf, then let me know. Stay tuned for next week and I will see you next time.